Susan? Yeah, hi. Hi. Welcome to Gigi in the 561. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm very excited to have our little podcast today. Well, it's indeed my pleasure. Thank you. Um, to my listeners, I want to tell them just a little bit uh, about our guest today, Susan Goldfine, and um, what you have, you've done quite a bit, and we have a lot to talk about. Um, but you, you had one big career, and then you completely changed gears and went another direction. And um, Susan is a writer, an award-winning writer of books, and she is a very successful um, blogger of humor and um, took a career that was uh, not exactly that. Uh, Your career was you hold a doctorate in communication disorders from Teachers College, Columbia University, and that was you were a, a teacher and a consultant and Totally doing not what you're doing now, right? That, that is true. Yes, that, that's absolutely true. I um, just uh, fate took me in a completely different direction after I retired. That, that's exactly what happened. It has a way of doing that, doesn't it? But I, I think why I really wanted to have you as a guest, because right now I think we have never needed humor more and your your I love the title of your blog. It is unfiltered wit, and <laughs> I I think that is is absolutely perfect. I I just don't think that we have ever needed humor, not in my lifetime, more than right now. So boy, you've been doing it though. I mean, you didn't just start it during this pandemic, obviously, but no. b- during this pandemic. It has been really nice, and you're funny, and you're very, very, uh, you're very topical. You're very spot on with your blog posts. Uh, at least I find them to be very, very, very topical. Well, the inspiration really does come from everyday life and what what's going on right now, really, and you know, and and uh, there's there's no end to and I agree with you completely about needing humor right now more than ever. Um it's uh it it, it does take the edge off. Uh, it really does and and I have to say one one thing that a quote that you put in one of your blog posts really jumped off the page at me because I I use humor. I love humor. I love being around that. And I have a bit of a sarcastic humor that not everyone gets all the time. But I loved this quote that you included. The older you get, I have to say, the funnier you find life. That's the only way to go. If you get serious about yourself as you get old, you are pathetic. That's a Diana uh, Rigg quote. Yes. And, and I, I love it. I love it, Susan. I think that is so true. Yeah, I came upon that in the New York Times article where you know they were um talking about notable people who had passed away during during 2020 and each one had a quote attributable to them. And I read this one from Diana Rigg and I thought how perfect mm-hmm. because from the day I started my uh blog which is now 9 years ago that basically was what underlied my my efforts as you know i here i was in what they call the third stage of life 
and um, just, you know, as you get older, of course, you adapt to the many changes that are happening both within you and in, you know, and in your in your life. And mm-hmm. um, not all of them are um, positive, truthfully. Sure. But if if you're you know if you're going to you know, in the sense, groan, moan and groan about your aches and pains and the fact that you know you need cataract surgery or whatever it is that comes up as we get older, um, it, it's just going to make things much much worse. Mm-hmm. So I I found that you know to you know, to to approach these changes and plus other things, you know, I, I just felt that getting older kind of gave me a right to have a kind of a squinted eye look at, you know, things that were going on around me and, and like you say, uh, you know, be uh, maybe a little bit sarcastic at times, certainly uh, snarky. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's fun. I'm sorry, but it, it's really fun. It is fun. And, and, and as in one of your uh, descriptions of you, it's a sideways view of life. And yeah. and I think that is kind of the way it should be because nothing is ever upright 100% of the time. And so being able to, to bend and flex and like you did when you came to a point where things uh, career-wise – we're changing for you like all of us uh, that at, at some point we all go through, well, this is a new day. What do I do now? And, and I love the fact I laughed really and chuckle because you threw away the self help books and, and you picked up catalogs about classes to take, which led you into your writing class that kind of birthed, begin the, the little nugget of, of your pathway yeah, that's that's right. That's that's what happened. I was um, I I had to stop working a little bit before I was quite ready to because of budgetary cuts uh, in the place where I had I had my last employment, and I um, was really I, the whole idea of being a retired person was was something I couldn't swallow at the time. Mm-hmm. I've been working practically my whole adult life with you know, time off to raise little children, but then, you know, going back to work as quickly as I could. So suddenly there was this empty space in front of me that I I really didn't know how to fill. Plus we wound up, um, we had been part-time residents of Florida and we were more full-time residents. And I, I had that to adjust to as well. So it, it was a big big change, a big transition time in my life, and I was looking for something and accidentally really found this writing class at the Kravis Center. And um, I started writing these two- and three-page essays in response to class assignments, basically. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't plan it, but they would come out funny. And the uh, instructor of the class was very encouraging to me. She said, you know, I think maybe you found your voice and maybe this is what you should consider doing. And uh, I basically took her up on it and that's that's what launched this whole new uh, this whole new phase of my life, I guess. So um, at first starting the blog and figuring out how to 
create a well. I mean, all of this was brand new stuff to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had absolutely no idea. It was a, it was a new world that I was entering and um, finding the right people to help me. And, you know, it, so it, it was an adventure, but it, it worked out well. Well, I love adventures. And uh, what what are the things that you are more drawn to uh, in your humorous writing? Are there things that are off limits, uh, things that are just you just will not write about? Well, yes. Um, I won't say ever, never, but what I've steered clear of, uh, first of all, is politics. And I'm really kind of glad I made that decision when I did because over the past four years, things have gotten very heated. Mm -hmm. So, um, And besides, there are satirists out there who are doing a much better job at it than I ever could, and I just decided, well, I'm just going to leave it to them. And so politics is something I try to steer clear of, although I have dabbled in it very gently, maybe three or four times and have made a couple of people angry along the way, so I, I try not to to go there. Um, the other thing is my family. Um, I mean, I've got plenty to write about <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I turn to my family. Um, we, we are a blended family. It's, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a long-term second marriage, but I have three stepchildren, including my own two children. And, you know... It it's it I can't say that it's been a sleigh ride the whole way. It hasn't. And I would, there there were so many instances that I, I could have written about but I didn't want to. I decided yeah. no. There is one exception to that though, and that's my husband. As as he puts it, you know, Oh, I let her pick on me. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and I do, I do. You know all the foibles that come along with a marriage, and yeah. you know all the things that you, little things that you complain about, and yeah. how how many times you could have gotten into a bickering or a quibbling, you know, issue. But I try to see the light side, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then I might write about it. So, well, I'll like, tell you this. Your uh, blog about streaming and how we're dealing with what we're watching uh, during this pandemic and how we're binging and all of that had me laughing out loud. It truly did because I am a huge watcher of – I'm not much of a television person. I don't turn it on during the day, stuff like that, but huge watcher of British mysteries. And you just absolutely nailed it. I mean, I was going, yep, 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 because it was like, as you said something about they, uh, you know, they seem to get to wear their own clothing. People get to come and go as at will. Uh, and, and in every little scenic village that looks so pretty, there are tons of murders. It, it was very, very spot on with the British uh, mysteries that we're all watching during this streaming when we're just out of everything to watch. Yeah. That they was, do it well. The the Brits really do it very well. Oh, they do. When it comes to these detective shows and the police procedurals. I, I totally agree with you. They ruin it for any of the American, for me, any of the American shows. But I, I want to talk about something that also really caught my eye in, in reading your information, uh, doing research on you. Your dog, Sam, looks like he's just the cutest ever. He's a, he's a terrier. He's a, yeah. Is he a Jack Russell? Yes, he is. He is what's called a rough coat Russell Terrier. 
so he's not um he when you think of a Jack Russell you mostly think of the 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 jumpy dogs with the long, mm-hmm. slightly long legs and a very smooth coat. Well, he's another off-breed of that kind of Russell. Uh, he's shorter and he's furrier. And he is the cutest thing on wheels, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> he, he is adorable. There, you know, and people stop me on the street when I'm out walking him all the time to, you know, just... Oh, that is so you perfect. Know, they, you, you know, they never say, oh, your dog is so cute. And I say, well, what about me? <laughs> people <laughs> are just no, cruel. They're just, they're just very cruel. And I do yeah. have to tell you something else that I really, really like. Um, you're, you are an award-winning book author as well, and you have two books, and the titles are fantastic. And the art on one of them is especially compelling to me. Would you talk about your books a little bit, and then I'll tell you why I, why I think sure, that, one, one, that one cover is just um, is so perfect. Yes, tell us about those books. I will talk about my books and just know that they are for sale on Amazon. So yes, they are. They're yeah. accessible. <laughs> um, yeah, the books came, well, the first book particularly came at the encouragement of a friend of mine who has also been a reader of my essays since I started. And she put the bug in my head about why don't you, you know, take some of these essays and put them between two covers. That would be It would be so much fun. And I kind of dismissed it at first as a wacky idea, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, why not? And um, so I sat down and went through everything I had written up to that point and basically picked out 50 of the ones I thought were my best and uh, decided to to do a book with them, and, and that's what I did. And I, I called the first book um, How Old Am I in Dog Years. Love that. Because I picked that title from one of the essays uh, that that is in the book uh, that I wrote about. The, it was during the time that I we owned two Labrador Retrievers. We've always had dogs. I'm, I'm a big dog person. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my, you know, I just... Um, yeah, I, I don't feel complete unless I have a dog in the house. Mm, yeah. So I had these two Labrador Retrievers that we acquired one 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 year and then decided that the male dog definitely needed company, so a year later we got the second one. And they were wonderful animals, really wonderful. And when we first got them, of course, they were puppies, and we were not exactly young ourselves, and and, and there were so many times that I wondered, what did we do? You know, did we make this terrible mistake? These dogs were running us ragged. I mean, it was just, well, if you've ever raised a puppy, you know what it's mm-hmm. like. It's it's yep. like a toddler. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like a toddler. Now, yeah. here I was, a grandparent, and I shouldn't be raising a toddler anymore. But um, as time went on, what I realized, because obviously dogs age more quickly than people yeah. do, uh, what I realized over time that the dogs caught up with us. And the things that my husband and I were experiencing, the dogs were experiencing. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, it's just like one of the dogs developed a hearing loss. Well, my husband has a hearing loss. One of my dogs developed a limp because she developed arthritis. Well, so did I. And, you know, oh, it was just... There were just these features that we started having in common. So I wrote an essay about that, and um, 
and called it how old am I in dog years, which is the reverse of saying how old the dogs are in people years, <laughs> what we always do, and just how we suddenly became the same age, you know. Um, so I thought it, you know, I thought it would make a good title, and the editor of the, the my editor agreed with me, and oh yeah, you know, that that's how that book came to be. Um, it did win uh, a few awards. Um, it, it, the books were what is now called independently published, which means that um, what's a fancy way of saying they were se- it was self-published, mm-hmm. that I didn't go through a traditional publisher. Right. Um, and, and in the field of independent publishing, there are awards uh, and and my book won two or three awards in the human category uh, in several different what we call you know contests. Um, so that That's was wonderful. Yeah. So that that was uh, that was kind of gave me confidence and you know that maybe I was doing something you know right. Yeah. Uh, and then a few years later, I decided not to be a one-trick pony. I did I decided to do the second book, and again the title "How to Complain When There's Nothing to Complain About" came from one of the essays that's in the book. And the thing is, I based my whole premise on of of what I write about, you know, in a sense, complaining about something um, or commenting on something, you know, as, as I commented on the streaming. And one day I came to a deadline where I was supposed to have a new essay ready, and I had nothing to write about, nothing to complain about, nothing to write about. I didn't have a topic at all. And I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning thinking, what am I going to write about? And I said, well, why don't I write about having nothing to write about or basically having nothing to complain about? Well, that's what I did, and hence it became the title of the book. So It's a great title, and I love the art on the cover because I feel like when I looked at it, I, it's like I feel like that's sort of where some of us may be in this pandemic. It's like with the, with the bubble above the head of both the doctor and the patient um, with nothing in it, just blank. And mm-hmm. and I thought that's sort of so fitting because while we can't travel and we can't do things normal with our families and there is a lot of we've had a lot of change in since the pandemic. But on the other hand, we have so much to be grateful for. So it, it and that's really when I looked at that I thought that just kind of sums up those two empty conversation bubbles above above that character's head. So I thought it was great art, great art. Yeah. Thank you. Thank and, you. I, um, thought it, I, I thought it summed it up perfectly. Oh, it does. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. does. And I do want to talk a little bit about food because I'm telling you, I never have read. We, Gary and I cook a lot, and but your description of, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, of latka. Did I say that right? Latka? Yes. And you refer to it as being in in the description, uh, is, it's a lot to it, but you said 
sensual. You used the word sensual. And I thought that was so, just a, such a, a descriptive way to talk about this potato pancake, basically. It's like by yeah. the time you finish in the kitchen, there's the, you know, the stuff is everywhere, but it's so satisfying. The, the actual end product is, I loved it, Susan. It was, it was brilliant, brilliant. Oh, um, yeah, well, I I am moved every December, mostly it's December, um, when the holiday of the Jewish celebration of Hanukkah comes along, which mm-hmm. frequently coincides with Christmas. I think, you know, I, somehow there was a conspiracy there, you know, that, that <laughs> They're too familiar because it's all about lights. You know, right. it's all about yeah. light, lighting up the darkness, basically. Yeah. Or a very traditional food for for Hanukkah is the potato pancake, and it's it's really about the oil because the story of Hanukkah is how there was only enough oil to burn for one night, but miraculously in the in the temple that they saved. Um, the oil burned for eight nights. It's the eternal light that's always supposed to be lit in in a synagogue, and the oil somehow miraculously lasted for eight days. So we celebrate the oil. So once a year, we're allowed to eat fried food. That's basically what it is. Mm, and okay. and I say we're allowed. I mean, you know, we give ourselves permission to eat fried food. Right. We're yeah. Take an extra statin and go eat mm-hmm. something fried. Yeah. So. Um, I, I am very moved every, every every December to make these potato. They're called latkes in Yiddish, as opposed to pancakes. And it is, you know, I, it's it's a messy experience, but it is. I do find it a very, a very sensual experience. I thought I loved it. I just like I was there in the kitchen with you. It was so descriptive of what you were going through to make these. And it's like, now I want one. You know, it's like, now I'm, <laughs> I need to have one of these. Oh, it was great. It was absolutely great. Now, tell us something, if you want to, you don't have to, that perhaps people don't know about you because there's an awful lot about you out there in all of your work, in all of your vlogging, your books. Is there anything that we need to know that perhaps we don't know? Oh, my uh, let me think. Or even just uh, something that you would like to tell the listeners um, about just a, a word of advice for them as maybe they're transitioning from one thing in life to another, whatever. Okay. Well, I can probably answer both parts of that. Okay. I, I think I've already revealed, but just in case I haven't, um, my two addictions in life, uh, besides my dog Sam, but um, I my two addictions are crossword puzzles and Law and Order reruns. Oh um, no! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've written. I know I've written about Law and Order reruns on, yes, on, a, yes. on a few occasions. I did that. May not that. be a great big secret, but. Um, I can't get enough of them. Uh, even if I've seen them three times and I know exactly what's going to happen, I I am compelled to watch. I, yeah. I don't know why. But anyway, in terms of advice about people in transition, um, I think the thing that I had to overcome um, more than anything when I took this writing thing on more seriously and thought I would make a 
well, I won't say a career out of it, but yeah, I guess it's become kind of that, was my age. And thinking to myself, you know, am I too old to start something new, really? And then the the, the question that questioning yourself uh, should you know, do I really, and then and then there's the thing of, do I need this in my life? Do I really mm-hmm. need this? Yeah. You know, okay, I'm retired. I'm finally able to say that word without choking on it. And do I really need something else that's going to consume me at this point in my life? You know, I, I could be learning how to play canasta. I could be, you know, reading more books or whatever it is I choose to do. And, Ultimately, it, none of the above was satisfying, and, and I, I had to throw myself into something. But the the age thing, um, I think, is is what I would want to comment on is don't think you're too old to start something yeah. new. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Don't. Just don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll know when it's time to stop, but yeah. there's no... There's no number of candles on the birthday cake and, and no dates on the calendar that can tell you that you are too old to start. Absolutely. New. Absolutely yeah. agree. Totally agree. Susan, it's been so much fun having you as my guest today and just your writing is um, just so needed right now. Um, I am going to tell the listeners that we can find you on, uh, and correct me if, if any of this needs to be updated or anything, uh, SusanUnfilteredWit.com is your website. Of course, you can find Susan on our website, NorthPalmBeachLife.com as well. She's a contributor on our website, and we're so appreciative. You're on Facebook, uh, yes. and, and be able to find you the same way. UnfilteredWit is you yes. on Facebook and on Twitter by the same yes. name. Okay. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Thank you again. You have been a delightful guest, and I look forward to many more wonderfully funny and informative and blog posts that I can totally relate to. So keep it up. Keep it up. I'll Thanks do my so very much. best, I promise. Thank, Thank you. you. Don't let us don't let us down. We need that wit. Thanks, Susan. Okay. Thanks for the opportunity, Pam. Thank you. Susan Goldfine is the author of two award-winning collections of humorous personal essays. How Old Am I in Dog Years, and How to Complain When There's Nothing to Complain About. Check her out. You need this joy in your life. Don't forget to visit us at NorthPalmBeachLife.com where we have Susan and so many other things. You already know that if you're a listener. So keep going to that page. The podcasts are always there as well as at iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and many other platforms. We appreciate you for doing that and following along with us as we bring you delightful guests such as Susan. Rewind back. We have many other guests, podcasts, all through the month of January. You'll need to listen to them as well. Be sure to do that. And if you're just hanging out with your iPad in your lap, go to YouTube and find NorthPalmBeachLife.com. Same name. We have some fun videos there. But mostly, stay tuned. <laughs>